in the fifth chapter of James. Whatever you have, you can get there. Now, you're going to be reading Scripture on screen out of the New King James, and I'll refer to that, but I'm actually reading to you out of the King James Version, and, and this is on purpose, all right? And so, James does not cut any corners. In fact, James would probably not be invited to preach in many churches nowadays. He had a very, very stern, sharp tongue, but it was spiritually sharp. And you didn't have to figure out, well, I wonder what James meant by that. As is the case of the first six verses of this chapter 5 right here, James is talking about people that are wealthy and wealthy-minded and they've allowed, they've allowed uh, success and wealth and all that to corrupt them. In fact, verse 2, he says, and you don't have it, he talks about your garments are so corrupted that they're, they're moth-eaten. And, you know, a lot of people confuse that whole, that whole thing about money and all that, there's nothing wrong with money. It's the love of money. And you can have the love of other things other than money that, that supersede and crowd out God and his will and his work in your life. But James is telling people, he says, listen, you, you, you are so engulfed in, in this and you, you don't realize what you have done and what you are doing and you don't understand what it's doing to you. And then, this is where we're going to go to verse 7. Then, on the heels of that, he says, so after he's talking to that crowd, he says, Be patient, therefore, brethren. He goes immediate, immediately to the church, and he says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord, or until the coming of the Lord, Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit, or the farmer of the earth, and hath long patience for it. And if you plant in the garden, you know about that. You just love this rain, amen, and grass, and you, you just wait on it, you know. <clears throat> and when it comes, you just see things come to life. And, and he says, when he receives it, he receives the early and the latter rain because he's waiting patiently on it because he knows what good it's going to do. He knows what is about to take place. And then verse 8, James goes on to say, Be you, you be, be ye also patient. Establish or establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now back in verse 7, he said, you know, be patient until the coming of the Lord. The very next verse, he says, un, uh, not only until, but he says, the day of the Lord draweth nigh or is near. Now, there, there are three words that I want to, to focus on. Or, or really two of the three, but I'm going to give you the definition of them. And I want you to look at the screen because the very first word is patient. And I want you to know about that. 
So the word patient, if you look on the screen, it says to be of a long spirit, not to lose heart. And I know you think, well, I know what patience means, but I, I, I want you to get the depth of the, of the meaning, okay? He, it also means to persevere patiently and bravely, folks. You remember last week we're talking about taking courage? You have to do that patiently, you know. You can't want everything resolved overnight. and You can't get mad. You've got to be patient. That, all, those two things connect together. To persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles. Also, the B part of that definition is to be patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others. Also, to be mild and slow in avenging. Man, I didn't realize patience meant all that. Well, it does. It, it's a heavy word. But I love this. The last thing I'm going to point out is to be long-suffering, slow to anger, slow to punish, because the Lord says, vengeance is mine. And so, when he says to be patient, while you are patiently waiting until or the day of the Lord is actually near. It's not. This, this is it. You, you are to do this bravely. You're not supposed to be a coward. You're not supposed to be, well, I'm just not going to bother anybody. I, I, I don't want to draw any attention to myself. That's the complete opposite of what Jesus did. Jesus brought attention to himself. And he didn't do that to so he would become popular and all that. But he did this because he knew that he had a, a small window. He knew that his end, when he got started at 30 years of age, he knew that his end was drawing nigh. So he knew there was a, there was a short window in there, so he had to patiently go through everything and bravely go through everything. And that's what you and I are told to do today. We are told to... Be patient, because the day of the Lord is right upon us. Now, the first thing the Lord uh, inspired James to write, as far as instructions for you and I to do, was to establish our no to take to be patient. It's the first thing. I'm, I'm almost getting ahead and behind myself at the same time. And what I'm really trying to do is not clear my throat. So, if you would mute me, I could take care of this. And I just, he'd tell in there and he had to go. It feels better, and it sounds better to me. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm going to try. Somebody's offering me water, and I appreciate that, but uh, I might need that in a, a minute or two, so we're going to see how this goes. But the first thing I am to do, knowing, and I should say this, but I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise the hand in your heart. If you really believe that the Lord Jesus is drawing near, and he's about to return. I, do you believe that? Do, do you believe that? 
I mean, don't be a Christian and just say, I believe it and shake your head. I believe. Do, are you convinced by everything you see and you hear and you read? And even if you didn't see or hear or read anything, just in your heart, the anticipation to go home. Do you believe that the Lord Jesus is right at the door? Well, I'm going to show you he is, but, but, but do you believe that? Because if you believe that, you are told the way you need to handle that, and the way you are to handle that is to patiently, patiently dig and keep digging and keep doing and, and don't let people get to you. We have problems with road rage and everything else you can think of, and people will pull your strings. But you've got to patiently deal because... If, if you do that, if you get it all, and I just had this conversation the other day, home run, that's son-in-law brownie points is what that is right there. And they do work, by the way. Hallelujah. When, when, when you patiently wait on the Lord, that means that, and, I, and I'm starting to turn to the next thing and I'm trying to get where I, I need to get to, when you patiently wait on other people to quit ticking you off. Okay, did that just ring a bell? At work, some things are going on. Some are, were you moving your arm or raising your hand? Okay. I knew she was, but I just said that. It, it just worked right then. It worked perfect. Whether it's at work, ding, 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 ding. I just feel like if I would tell them, I would feel better. That's the lying part of your flesh that will always lie as long as you live. Can I get an amen right there? Because that's not for my benefit. That was for yours. Because as long as the devil knows that there's somebody that jerks your chain, tries your patience, you're going really, to really struggle with this definition. Or, or they won't stop. And this is why what you have to do, here's where the turn is. What you have to do, you have to understand, I'm patiently waiting because the trumpet could sound right now. I could be home and that joker would be here out of my hair now. Now, you don't want them to live and last through all this. You don't want that. But I'm just saying, the Lord says, hey, that's not what needs to consume you. That's not what you need to dwell on. What you need to do is, is you need to just be patient with people, be patient with times and seasons and things, just wait, and you need to establish your heart. Now, we need to look at that definition because there's a little bit more. Establish your heart or establish your heart. So I want you to look at this definition with me because there is something deep at the very bottom of this definition, and that, that definition means just to make stable to place firmly, to set fast, or to fix. To strengthen, to make firm. That's what, that's what you do with your heart. While you're patient with people and with things, and, uh, hey, let me go here for a minute, because this was a big thing, okay, with the telemarketer that keeps calling, or the bill collector that calls you. Hey, can I go off on a tangent for a minute? 
Because some of y'all going to borderline feel like shouting on this, but I want you to really get into what I'm trying to, to share with you today. Or, this is one of my favorite, and I don't mean to be offensive here. I know people listen when you say that part. I don't want to be offensive. Or, one of my favorite, one of the bill collectors for a, the medical industry. Let me be very general there. Okay, for the medical industry that calls and hammers away at you that, number one, pay your taxes, you have insurance, you pay premium for your insurance, you pay co-pays when you go to get services. Can I get an amen yet? All right. And then, because the insurance hadn't paid yet, the bill collector calls you because they haven't paid yet. You know, this is a true story, times fit 90 hard, by the way. They call you and threaten you, and they're going to do things and wanting to know, do you set up, you want to set, I done set up. I set up every month. It's drafted. It's so set up. It's co-paid. I'm so set up. And, and you get the threat there, and then, you know, you're in a good mood because you did your Billy Graham devotion. I told you all this is a true story. That morning before you talked to these people. And you, you, you know that they're going to pay because you've already seen it on your chart. True story. But they call and tell you this, and you know people that haven't paid taxes, haven't worked, haven't paid copays, haven't, haven't done anything, really, got the same service as you. We don't want people to go lacking and all that. They never get a phone call the first, won't get a... Be patient. And you know what you want to do? The Lord's keeping me here for some reason. I should have been way gone by now. You know why? Because I'm feeling it now. It's going through the congregation as I stand on this stage. It's going through. And it might not be, it, it, it might be you're waiting to get your car fixed or a repair person is going to show up. They're supposed to come do this at your house. It, we can just go here for days and all that. But the Lord says, Opie, you don't need to be all worked up. You, you, I, I've got you. I've got it. And you need to see because during that window while I'm getting tender and I'm getting worked up, what's happening is my mind is getting off of the return of the Lord at hand and I'm getting emotionally invested into a situation that I could be raptured out of any second. Amen. The Lord says you need to be patient. Because I, I really do. I'm raising my hand. I believe the Lord could come back. I believe the Lord is at hand. I believe it's drawing nigh. It's near. I, I really believe. I don't preach or believe it. I mean, I live. I believe that. And the Lord says, well, you need to be patient on all this other mess that you're going to leave behind, and you need to keep your heart established. See, that's my problem is my heart is not quite established on, I, I, I mean, it, it's close. But when the phone rings or I get the email or, you know, you get a number from Larnberg or Warsaw, North Carolina or Lumberton or Rose Hill. I'm trying to think of all the telemarketer places. You know what I'm saying? That you don't answer your phone. Okay. 
You, I, you get them all the time. And what happens is all of these things are just things that Satan throws out there and he hopes, he's just hoping you will just nibble on it. You don't even have to get the hook in your jaw. All you got to do is nibble on it because the moment you nibble, here goes your heart, walking, 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 walking around, and, and, you're, and you're right there. I'm all in it. I'm in it. When Angie gets home, she's going to hear about that telephone call. I don't care if she's on her knees praying. When she gets up from praying and she's in a deep state of thought, I got to tell her something that's really important instead of being patient. So see what happens, folks. You forget for that brief moment, the Lord could come back right now. I don't want the Lord to come back while I'm worked up, do you? I don't want the Lord to come back while the world's out here just trying to throw carrots at me and get me to bite. I don't want that. And the Lord says the only way you can do that is right here. you got to make stable, you got to place it firmly, and you've got to set it fast. you got to do what Beckham says, I fix it, I fix it. you got to fix it. You got to fix it in what God has said, and that is, I am at the door. I'm here. It's near. It's closer. If it was close when James wrote this, how close is it today after all these signs? And then he goes on, you got to strengthen it. How do you strengthen a heart? You're trying to establish it. Well, you do it in worship. You do it in giving. But you do it in the Word, and you do it in prayer. That's how you strengthen a heart that wanders off to telemarketerville. That's how you do it. You can strengthen it, and you can see it coming when it comes on caller ID, or you get the email. You can just chunk that thing into spam or whatever. Don't give place to the devil. Don't do it. And you make your heart, just don't even look. Every time the devil throws something at you that you feel like you got to fix, you got to adjust, and it makes you mad, They and, and, and a lot of things you don't ask for that you just get, it can be management or what it can be anything it can be things that will just really get to you in the middle of your heart and you are not designed you are on your way home and the way you stay like that is to establish your heart fix it put it firmly make it stronger and number three says this to render constant that's what that word means that's why i didn't have to read 50 verses today there's so much in two, really one. But you, you, you've got to render it constant, and you've got to confirm. Check this out, one's mind. So when I'm over here chasing, and my heart's over here, and I'm caught up, and I'm not saying everything's a sin. We're going to go out and do all this stuff this summer and all that. Nothing wrong with it, but that's not where my heart is. My heart is, if you want to know the truth, my heart's there because you're the people. I believe with all my heart that I'm going to spend eternity and we're going to go together in the rapture to the Lord. So I, I, I'm with people of like faith. I, I'm with my family, my eternal family. That's what I'm with. And so I've established my heart. I'm in this. That's where I am. I could be doing all these other things and all that and, and just really getting in. But these are temporary things, folks. And what you got to understand, don't need you to raise your hand again today, but the app, one of the best videos I've ever seen in my whole life is from my brother in the Lord, Eric LeCure, on TikTok. He's a movie star. 
He's a movie star. He's a TikTok movie star. And I want to tell you something. Every time you either own the app, I'm not here to like glorify it or put it down or tell you to install or nothing like that. I'm trying to tell you. Every time you, you, you see it or you own it or, or you hear a clock, tick-tock, tick-tock. I wish you would let that fall into your heart and, and make you think the Lord is at hand. God, I thank you today that I'm saved. My sins are under the blood. I'm on my way home. I'm going to glory. You could come back right now, tick-tock. I don't have much time left to deal with these old hateful people. I don't have much time left to deal with this hurt in my body. I don't have much time left to deal with people running over me and talking about me. My heart's not fixed on what you're doing to me. My heart is fixed on what he's done for me and what he's got prepared for me. That's where my heart is established it's not established in this world because it's not my home my heart it's right here and all I can say is tick tock tick tock it can happen right now before I close my Bible it could happen right now right now now the Bible says what I'm telling you right here in Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 the Bible says that where your treasure is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And see, that's kind of where we are, folks. It might not be that it, it's the heart that you need to work on first. It might be that you need to switch treasures. Because when you switch treasures, guess what your heart's going to do? It's going to go right there. You don't have to tell nobody. You don't even have to convince yourself. Your heart, it's, it's going to follow. It, it, it's biblical. Your heart is right behind your treasure. You want to find a man's heart? Or you want to identify his heart? Look at his treasure. That's all you got to do. You can say one thing. But it's really where, where your heart is, where your heart is. It can be back here one day, and then it can be over here another day, in this right here. And your heart will always wander, not wander, wander. It will always wander until you say, no, I'm a stranger and I'm a pilgrim. I'm just passing through. My heart's fixed right here. This is where my heart is. This is what my mind's on. This is what I think about every day. I know I got to do life. I know I have responsibilities. I know I have obligations. But y'all don't understand. I'm really on my way home, and I think about going home every day of my life, and I'm fine with my heart being right there. I'm fine with my heart being right there. Bible also says that, well, Jesus said it in the 19th chapter of, of Luke. He was passing out talents, and, and he says, this is what I want you to do. He was, he was telling a parable, but it, it applies to you, and it applies to me right now. He tells us how we ought to be doing. He says, I want you, and it was in that third definition I showed you, I want you to occupy till I come. 
I want you to occupy. So you, you don't sit on, sit home and wait on, I talked about the train. You, you just don't sit and wait on the trumpet to sound. Jesus built you. Jesus is inside of you. And, and that same power that raised him up is inside of you. And it's a power. And this is how you can do a, a treasure, a treasure test. You, you could see. Am I about my father's business? Am I spending the last three years of my life, am I spending this, this last three years of this life, the next three years, am I spending it on going home or fixing up home or doing things that's not eternal? What am I doing? And folks, I'm not bashing anything. If I replace boards on my house, I'm not talking about that or you do that to enhance I'm not talking about, that's not my treasure. That's a place I understand. This is maintenance. I got to do this or we would like this and we're doing this, but that's not where my heart is. And, and a good test is, is your treasure ever taking away time from you and God? If it is, it's in place of this. It, it's in place of, of that treasure. He said, and, and why you call it a treasure? He, he said, because... He told me to lay up treasures in heaven, amen? And he said, behold, I go and prepare a place for you in my Father's house. Check this out. Not a pop-up, not a Boy Scout tent, not even a nice house. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, behold, I go and prepare a place for you. That's where my mind is. You can't build anything that nice. You can't buy anything that night. You can't buy much of nothing the other day. Went to Lowe's Friday to get some more ceiling tile. A guy had, it didn't look like 20 boards. I said, man, that's $7,000 right there, ain't it? He said, it's 800. I said, are you kidding me? And there's nothing money can buy right now or ever that will look like your home that God's waiting on that he's preparing for you. And that's where your heart needs to be. That's what your treasure needs to be identified at. And then nothing won't get in the way of daily devotions, praying at night, praying with your family, worshiping together, or coming to church, or, or deciding do you feel like going to church today or not. There's no competition with the true treasure because it's first place, it's only place, and besides, my heart is fixed right there. It's established there. I don't have to wake up and wonder, do I want to preach today? I don't have to decide, are we going to go to church today? My heart's established here. My heart won't take me anywhere else because this is where it's rooted, it's grounded, it's cemented in the things of God, and I don't have a desire. I don't have another treasure somewhere, and that's why I don't struggle with a lot of things that a lot of other people, and you don't neither, that a lot of people struggle with. Their heart is driving them crazy and running them ragged. Now listen, I've been talking about all this, and I, I would mention that not only is it nigh and it's, it's near, it's at, the, the Bible says in the ninth verse of this that it's, it's in the ninth verse of James. I'm supposed to do this. Another thing. Now, this ain't with the telemarketer. Are y'all still with me? While you think about that before you really answer it, 
Because I'm going to ask you that again here in just a minute after we read this verse. In-house, no telemarketer, no supervisor. This is us, y'all. Verse 9, don't grumble. King James says, grudge not. But don't grumble against one another, brethren. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. And here we go. Behold, the judge is at the door. Now, we've got to talk about inside the house for just a minute, and I'm going to close. I'm going to read something to you out of Luke. But before I do, we're going to talk about this for a minute because there's nothing in this world that will, there, there's nothing that will have an effect on you as a believer. And, and I, I don't mean you say, well, I'm a Christian because I want to go to heaven. No, I mean you're in. You know what I mean? When I was in uh, college, one of my buddies that was actually in our wedding 30 years ago, uh, he, he didn't, his dad was in leadership, but we were really good friends. But, but he would refer, and I know what he meant, he, he would refer to people in the church where we went because uh, a lot of them were deep. Uh, and I mean in a good way. They were deep. They lived it. They were deep. But then some of them were just, they're just kind of there, you know. And he would, ref Dave would refer to them when he would introduce them to me. He said, oh, now he's inner court, inner court. I knew what he meant. They were serious about God. They were serious about their walk. They, they were, I mean, they, wouldn't, they didn't walk around holier than thou and all that. But he would say that, that, that now he's inner court right there. I knew exactly what he talked about. But then we would come across other people. And nobody knew what he was talking about. He said, oh, outer court, outer court, outer court. They were just kind of there, you know. It, it, it was a treasure thing, heart. They are just kind of there if. And I'm telling you, one thing that will affect inside of the church, not only a treasure, heart, but it will affect everything. Because Satan, he will always create a situation with you and somebody else that's part of your eternal family. Do y'all hear me? All right, because I'm going to ask you again in a minute, and then we're going to close. And what you have to watch out for as a believer, what you have to watch out for is that patient thing. The first definition, y'all Remember, I'm trying to look, scan as much as I can. The first definition. It would be bad if I'm, if I'm more patient with a sinner in the world than I am with a sister or a brother in the body of Christ. I got news for all of us and you online. I got news for us. He's still working on you. But he's still working on me too. That's why Jesus told all those religious people when the woman was called in adultery, he says, okay, 
you that are without sin, cast the first stone. There, there is a very high percentage that me and you are going to do something that's going to tick somebody else, or you just don't appreciate it. But I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. You have that equal quality as well. People may do a better job at masking it, praying about it, being patient with you about it, but we all, like sheep, have gone astray. And you cannot afford the worship of Jesus Christ in a, in a gathering like You cannot afford, you cannot afford to have a grudge against one another. You can't do it. You might say, well, it's justified if you knew the whole situation. I know there's a lot of unnecessary whole situation. I'm preaching today, what, 27, 21 years later or whatever, of situation and situations. I know all about situations. But if you hold on to a grudge, you let go of stability, friends. And just because you are in church, you give, you are active, or you are knowledgeable in the Bible, it has no effect at all on what the Lord has told us through His Holy Word. And that is, don't you stay upset with people in the church. I'm, I'm just breaking that part down. Grudge not one against another because the Lord knows that's when that the river gets dammed up when you do that. And that might be today, you need deliverance, you need healing, you need an answer, you need a door open, so we can't afford any grudges going on in the house of God. That's why you need to treasure-proof and heart-proof your walk today in this church. You need to do it, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to beat you to it, by the way. I'm going to beat you to it. And, you know... You better learn it as a preacher. You won't stay in the church. You won't be preaching long at all. I mean, it's like, really? How many of y'all have had me for dinner? Raise your, don't raise your hands. I mean, I will get really tender. Look, I get, I get so tired of sitting on the table at the Maddox house, it's ridiculous. only reason I did that because Frankie was like, she was about to shout over there. Listen to me. We've got to love each other. Hey, can I do this? I, 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 I was going, I, I tell myself that if I stay on the stage, I'll stay focused, and I won't get as rowdy and all that. But, but listen to me. I want, I want you to look at this. I want you to look at it. There, there is nothing in this life right here. There's not one thing in this life right here or in this building, that's worth, it, there, there's nothing, there's no grudge that's worth you risking what God can do right now. And besides, when you follow that up, if you look at that, if you look at that, that scripture, the judge, verse 9, the judge, until, we go from until, we go from until, unto, he's not, it is near, he's here, and, and, and the third thing is, hey, it's not only nigh and near. The judge is actually at the door. That's how close you are. That's how close I am. Do we really have time 
to pull heartstrings right now. We don't. Tick-tock, tick-tock. I mean, time is going away from us all. And we got to redeem the time we have left. We don't need to burn up time on trying to avoid walking down the road that Wanda's sitting on or try to not speak to Billy today. We need to pray for each other. We need to love each other. We need to help. I don't know of anything going on right now. We need to do this more than we've ever... We need to be mindful of it. And if you really believe that the coming of the Lord is at hand and it's nigh, you need to do this. You need to make sure that your treasure is where your heart... Now, Luke 21, verse 19 says that when you are patient through all this... Now, this is Jesus talking. You need to listen to this. When you are patient, in your patience, you possess not your house, not your car, not your plans, but in your patience, you possess your souls, folks. So I want to ask you again, where is your heart? Where's your heart? And I want you to answer that by standing to your feet and closing your eyes. And I don't want anybody to move outside of that unless you have a, a physical emergency because the devil will do anything right now to try his best to get you to get your mind off of your treasure and your heart, and he'll try to get you to establish it somewhere else. Now, while you bow your head, I want you to think of all the things that upset you this week. You did everything right, and I'm not being ignorant of how people are and what you deal with, but you did everything right. You did everything right. And it still happened. And it's, it's messed you up. It's put you behind. And, and now you don't even know how to, to, to do what you need to do next because of the bind it's put you in. I'm sorry, and we're going to pray that God will work all things together for good, Romans 8. We're going to pray that right now in the name of Jesus God. You hold us in the middle of your hand, Lord, and you direct our steps. You order our steps, Lord. And I'm asking you, oh God, Lord, that you would take care of the needs and the burdens. You said we can cast them on you, at you, because you care for us. And God will do it, church. And while you are praying, your eyes are closed and you're praying, you need to think about Establishing your heart, enduring, being patient. He's because he's coming back. I know TikTok, TikTok. We are an hour closer than we were when we started this church service to the judge saying, "Here I am." We're an hour closer right now, and you just need to say, "Lord, I need your help this morning." I know that. I've got you up there with the treasure or other treasures. But God, I, I, my heart is all over the place at times, and so is my patience. So Lord, help me today to establish my heart. Because I do, I really believe. See, we don't need any more signs, church. 
We don't, we don't need, everything's taking place. I mean, we've seen it. God, we know you're about to return. We know that you are standing at the door. We know it's near. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, would you help me? I need help. And I ask you today to help me with my heart. And while you're praying, if you're here and you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, meaning you've never asked him to come into your heart, I want you just to meet me at this altar right here. And we're going to pray for you. And God will save you. If you're online, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I repent. My heart has been torn. I, I, my heart got just destroyed in church when I was growing up. And I've, I've ran from you. I, I, I've held it against you, Lord, and, and I'm ready to come home today. I want you to take my heart, heal it, mend it, so I can establish it instead of things in this world. I can establish my heart in the hope of heaven soon and very soon. If you pray and you ask the Lord to do that, to forgive you of your sins, whether you're standing out here or you're driving down the road right now. Doesn't matter where you are or what your condition is. He's mighty to save. We sing that song. He's mighty to save you. He can move a mountain and he can move the sin out of your life. All for you asking, Lord, forgive me of my sins in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we pray right now that you would help us establish our heart. God, we pray that in the name of Jesus, this week we would be mindful of you and what you are doing. God, I anoint myself in behalf, Lord, of every person here, Lord, that the enemy has tried to tear them apart, keep them preoccupied, Lord, with just all kind of depression and things, Lord, that's weighing them down or situations Lord, that try them and test them in the name of Jesus, God. I pray for deliverance and healing in the name of Jesus, God, that you would set the captive free. And Lord, I pray that we would be mindful as a church, Lord, of one another and our love for going home, Lord, and our love for each other, Lord. They should both be in sync with each other, Lord. Help us, Lord, to, to just move on, Lord, when we hear something or we think something or we perceive something, Lord. Help us to know that our redemption draweth nigh. And Lord, we pray this week that we would be salt and we would be light. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord. And I ask you, God, would you do this? Would you let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight? Oh, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, and all of God's people said amen. God bless you. We'll see you online Wednesday night. Give the Lord a great big hand.